On today's episode of First Cup, we're talking about a brand new episode of Martial Arts Radio. We're talking about my day. We're answering your questions. You're responding to your comments, all that good stuff. Stick around. We're going in 15. (sighs) Get this camera right. Where's this camera supposed to go? Right there. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Today is Thursday. It's October 7th, 2021. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. Good morning, Stacy. So those of you who have been around, good morning, Jenny, been around for a while, know that I kind of rotate through the different coffee options that I have. Uh, and by options that I have, I mean, what big bag of coffee did I most recently buy at Costco? <laughs> um, the one I had up until yesterday, good morning, Andrew, haven't seen you here live for a little bit. Andrew and I were just messaging not long ago. Uh, and I had, it was, it was, uh, Starbucks coffee, you know, kind of like a, a co-release. This is actually with Costco. This is like full-blooded Starbucks dark roast, French roast, super dark coffee, and it's so good. Yesterday, I'd run out of the other coffee, so it was like half and half, and that's, if you watched yesterday, you know, hey, this tastes a little better. This is why. Andrew's been up since 4 a.m. with insomnia. I am so sorry, my friend. Um... So we got some stuff going on, a lot of stuff going on. We're going to talk about the episode of Martial Arts Radio that dropped today. We dropped two new t-shirts yesterday. You can find them at whistlekick.com. One of them, I believe, is the least expensive shirt we have available right now. Uh, If you happen to have a discount, like for Cup 1.5, I believe that gets the shirt down under 20 bucks with shipping. You can check that out. Uh, did another one, you know, once in a while I have these inspirations for design and I've tried to find people to help with design. Nobody wants to help with design. I've tried to hire people for design. Nobody wants to help with design. At one point I had three people who wanted to intern for design. One of them was a martial artist. The other was not. And... I'm I'm just going to call a spade a spade. Their initial designs were terrible, absolutely terrible. And I wrote back and I said, you know, let's, this has to pass the, would you wear it test? One of them stopped communicating. The other sent a second batch of designs and I offered some feedback and then they stopped responding. I think people see what's going on with, with, Clothing design, fashion, whatever you want to call it. And they fancy, oh, I can do that. It's a lot harder than you think. Because you've got to do something cool enough that people are going to wear it. And it has to fit within certain uh, price parameters. You know, we could throw a front and a back and an inside label and the left sleeve on a t-shirt. And that t-shirt would retail for like $50. Very few people are going to pay 50 bucks for a t-shirt. 
Well, that's a great reason to celebrate. Dennis says it's his Friday. We're not doing jokes for you today, though. Sorry, man. Um, got a, a message yesterday from one of the people that we had lined up for a free training day. They have to drop out. I was kind of bummed. Honestly expected it and expected it from this person, which is kind of disappointing. Um, and we're not going to talk more about it publicly anyway. Um, but I reached out to Andrew and I said, hey, we got any alternates? And he was like, yeah, I guess I got somebody for you. And bam, by the end of the day, I had a session title and a description. Jared says, I can help with design ideas, not the actual designing. Yeah, I, I got... The ideas aren't the problem, man. It's the actual implementation. Yeah. So yesterday yesterday was a tough day uh, because I felt like I didn't... I feel like I'm not getting ahead of anything. You know, I'm looking at these... I'm not going to show you, but there are things on the floor over there related to my father's estate and clients and other stuff that I've got to do. You know, there's stuff I got to... There's something I got to take back to TJ Maxx. Like, there's just... There's all this stuff. And so it's like, when do I do these things? Oh, and Andrew's kind of spoiling it. That's okay. Uh, the, get, the, the free training day person is actually his guest. Uh, he is a guest coming out on Monday. And it was someone that... Uh, I don't even remember how we got him. But it was a great, great episode. Good morning and buenos dias to you, Francis. Francis and I should hang out so I can learn Spanish versions of martial arts terminology. That's, that is a, a big gap in my, my Spanish vocabulary. I, know, I don't know the Spanish for punch or kick or anything. Ooh. So yesterday, I was going to go to the gym, and I didn't. I went, I went to the... One of my clients has me go to the mailbox for them every other week because the client lives out of the country. So I go and grab the mail, and I scan it. And I just didn't want to go to the gym. I didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to do any of it. So I went to the gym. I'm sorry. I went to the post office, went to the bank, and I came home and I went for a walk. I walked to the end of my road back, four miles, listened to an audiobook, took some pictures of the leaves, and just, just breathed. I was outside. I breathed. I walked, and I felt so much better. It was really nice. I need to do that more. Last year, that was something I did a lot. I walked. I made that. I did that walk like once or twice a week. I'd love to do it every day, but it takes about an hour and a half. So, time-wise, not going to do that. But if you know anything about my theories on on health and fitness, you know that walking is a pretty big deal. Ooh, what would be the Spanish word for whistle kick? I, I, I'm assuming that Jared is asking that of Francis because I don't know. I don't know the Spanish for whistle or kick. Oh, that coffee is so good. It really is. Um, anything else to report? I pick some more, pick some more hazelnuts. Garden's still producing. It's kind of crazy. There's a lot coming. I picked up around here a little bit. The place is a little neater than it was. What's going on today? So, today's an interesting day, and I'm really thankful that it's coming today. 
I have one appointment at four o'clock, three o'clock, I don't know, uh, and it's an acupuncture appointment. Up until then, I'm on my, I don't say on my own, meaning I don't have anything to do, but I don't have anybody stealing focus from what I'm doing. I had like three calls yesterday. And this should give me a chance to get some stuff done. So the first thing I'm going to do, because I've fallen off from this, and I think this is contributing to some of my frustration, I am not doing a good job of planning my day. Months ago, the last thing I would do for my day is plan the next day. And I think that that helped a lot. I'm not, I've, I've fallen off from doing that because it's a thing to do at the end of the day and I don't want to do it. And Because the end of my day is not a particular time. You know, the end of my day is when I'm exhausted, when I don't have any more steam. So, But I need to do it. It only takes a few minutes. All right, so Francis is, is trying to answer this. Wow, it wouldn't sound as slick at all. I have to think creatively. The literal way would be patata que silva, but that doesn't sound great. Let me work on this. Uh, silva. Correcting it. Patata de silva. Patata que silva. Oh, well... So is it is it Silva because because we're doing Castilian pr pronunciation or are we doing Silva because I don't know are you are you, are you giving a oh in if we were in Mexico would it be patada de que Silva people from Spain are always impressed that I know that my uncle was from Valencia Valencia. Um, all right, so today's episode of Martial Arts Radio, it's another How to Fight. And today's episode, if you remember Greg Williams, he was on a little while ago, we brought him back and asked him what movie he wanted to do. And he wanted to do Red Belt. Now, if you've never seen Red Belt, it's an interesting movie. It is essentially, it's kind of like BJJ's like welcome to the world cinematically from 2009. And it's got an interesting cast. Tim Allen's in there. Um, the guy who plays Nick from New Girl is in there. Uh, who else is in there? A bunch of people in there. It's a crazy cast for the type of movie it is. But the main character is played by Chiwetel Ejiofor. And he's been in a bunch of stuff. In fact, I watched the movie Inside Man last weekend with my buddy in Maine while I was crashing at his place. I'd never seen it. Great movie. He showed up in there. I was like, oh, that's a, that's a Red Bell dude. So we do How to Fight... What's the character's name? Mike Terry, played by Chiwetel Ejiofor. And... This was an interesting How to Fight because... It's primarily grappling. We don't see a lot of striking in this movie, and really, at the end of the day... The character's primary skill set is a grappling skill set. Everybody else that we've done for How to Fight, the previous four episodes, has been a striker. And so it led to some different conversation. And, of course, Greg is great. So between the three of us, it's a great episode. You can find it on YouTube. The video is already up. Shout out to Julius for the great work that he did. And, yeah. So, um... One of the things Andrew and I have talked about, the the how to fights are not going to be as frequent because they're exhausting to me. 
whereas a typical episode of martial arts radio takes us, let's say it's an hour long episode, takes me an hour and a half. These episodes are taking me four hours and that doesn't include Julius's time. It's watching the movie, it's doing, it's recording and it's doing the clips after. It's a lot of work. I don't mind doing it. I like doing it, but it's a question of time. And one of the things that we had hoped, and maybe this one will blow up and it'll completely change my, my perspective, but we're not getting the numbers on these that I'd wanted. You know, am I going to admit this broadly to the entirety of, of people who follow Whistlekick stuff? No, but like this is part of why I like First Cup. I can be really honest with you guys. When we did Who'd Win, and we did the two episodes, that was an attempt for us to capture more visibility on YouTube. Didn't work. They do okay, and actually we still get some traffic to those. And the How to Fight, those episodes are definitely better than anything else that we put up on YouTube. But in the time that we put up, it takes to get those episodes done, we could put up more content that would lead to double the views. So is it the best use of our time? That's really the question. There are others that are in the works. You know, Andrew and I are talking, like, we're not abandoning this. It's, I just think it's going to be an irregular occurrence, not a, you know, once a month sort of thing, which is kind of what it's been, you know, if that changes, if they suddenly start blowing up, yeah, we'll do more of them. If, if we were getting thousands of views, we'd do one a week, but we're not. So YouTube is weird. Social media is weird. I don't know how I feel about social media anymore. It's a great way to connect with people, but I'm also watching it just completely ruin everyone's brain. It's ruining my friends' brains. People are becoming hyper-focused on things that really don't even deserve their attention. And that's sad. So let's talk about something not sad. Uh, I left you guys a place to post questions and comments yesterday on the Facebook page. Nobody posted anything. You guys are bumming me out. One day's good, next day's not. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Leave me comments. Come on. Come on, man. I'm just gonna drink coffee. Um, I went for a walk in this. This is, so I rarely talk about other companies. This is, um, this is from a company called Paka, P-A-K-A, -A, and this is like 50% or 60% alpaca wool. And I ordered this one with the funny three color brown black and white pattern i guess because theoretically it'll go with anything but they had a charcoal one that i wanted and they were out well i got a notification because i'm a sucker for signing up for things that are out of stock i got a notification saying hey back in stock so i ordered the charcoal the thing i like about these is like really they don't they, they don't they don't absorb my smell like if I like I'm not wearing anything under this it's just it's just cozy it's a cozy sweater it's not itchy anybody else's parents stuffed them into itchy turtleneck sweaters when they were children and completely turned them off to both sweaters and turtlenecks for the rest of their lives yeah Dennis says it well social media is singularly responsible for the dumbing down of the world I agree I'd like to replace dumbing down with deterioration. 
Because the people who are saying the dumb things or the things that we disagree with, they're not really dumb. They're the same people. They're just as smart. They go off and they go to their jobs and they're brilliant and they do all these wonderful things. But when they get on social media, it's a combination of... it's, And, and this is the heart of the conversation that's happening on the back end. You know, if you look at the, the Facebook uh, whistleblower and then the responses and um, testifying in front of Congress. We've all got buttons to push. Some of us have buttons that make us happy, make us feel good about our decisions and where we are in the world. And, other, and we have other buttons that don't. The majority of what people say and do and think doesn't push those buttons, except that the Facebook algorithms, social media algorithms in general, are really good at showing you content that will push your buttons one way or the other, sometimes both. If I put up a post that says, hey, I had a nice day, or I had a pretty good day, I ate a nice meal, Work went well. I went for a walk. If I put up the things, if I post that, I'll get a few likes. Maybe if I put up a picture, I'll get a few more likes. But if I put up a post that says, I had a horrible day. My neighbors are terrible. Um, I broke my foot. And I'm going to start punching people. It's going to get way more comments and even likes. And the algorithm is going to distribute it further. It reinforces that if we want attention, we have to be dramatic and primarily negative because we are hardwired to hone in on negative things, scary things. Tommy doesn't own a turtleneck anything. Good. Jenny says, I blame my youth being forced into turtlenecks for my hatred of any garment touching my neck. There, I am not alone. I'm glad to know this. Tommy says, at least my handsome, happy hound dogs get a lot of Facebook attention. That sounds like an Elvis cover band name. Healthy, happy hound dogs. Sorry, handsome, happy hound dogs. Ah, more coffee. You know, so one of the things that I do on social media, I don't post big dramatic things. Try not to. If I do, I try to keep them positive. And I try to find gentle, nuanced ways to point out to people that just because someone else has a, a fundamental disagreement with them on a subject doesn't make them a terrible person. Guess what? Here, keep in mind, prior to social media, you didn't know if your friends and family had these dramatically different political beliefs and you all got along. The world hasn't changed. Social media has changed our perspective on the world and on individuals. And I, I'm, I'm going to call a spade a spade. Most of us are not emotionally strong enough to handle that. It takes a lot of work. It does. To sit down with someone, you know, if you believe, if you are believe position A, somebody else believes position B, and you feel really strongly to sit down and say, you know what, you disagree with me on this point. 
still love you. You're still my friend. You're still my family. I still have val find value in you. That's why I don't talk about politics. That's why I don't talk about these big divisive issues in the world. I could. Whistlekick could come out with some position politically and it would probably be good for us. Ugh. Never. I don't believe politics and business mix. It makes me ill. Back when I had an IT company, we had these massive plate glass windows in the front, like huge windows. And other businesses on the street also had those huge windows. And theirs were full of posters. And if it was a, a an election year, they were full of political posters. And my staff knew you do not put up political posters in our windows. If the church is having a bean supper, that's fine. Put up a poster. If somebody's lost a cat, fine. Somebody's selling a bike, sure. People I was friends with running for political office, nope. And once in a while one would sneak in there and I would rip it down and I would go to the staff and put this up. Who allowed them? Oh, they, they wanted to put it up. They said you're, they're your friend. Yeah, they are. We don't do politics. This is a business. That's how it should be. I feel, I feel pretty strongly about that. Yeah, Stacy says, oh, back to nuance. We're always back to nuance. Now, Frank gave us some stuff to chat about, so let's let's uh, let's dig into that. Ah, okay. Let me wrap my head around this. This Monday was World Day of Bullying Prevention. This special day was founded by an organization called Stomp, S-T-O-M-P, Out Bullying. If you know a young adult who is struggling with these issues, they can seek help at stompoutbullying.org slash helpchat. One of the things I like about this organization is that they encourage people to stand up to the bully and resolve the issue themselves as a first step. Something I would guess most of us as martial artists would, would also agree with. At the same time, according to the website, through our very support networks, we have saved a total of 6,000 lives. These numbers increase daily. Let me finish, finish what's here, and then we'll, we'll chat about this. According to daysoftheyear.com, it all started when, quote, in 2007, two young men by the names of David Shepard and Travis Price decided that they'd simply had enough. On the first day of school, a day like any other, as you might imagine, a student by the name of Jadrian Coda had made a vital error for a young boy starting off a school year. This mistake, he'd worn a pink shirt. It took almost no time at all for a group of bullies to notice the color of his shirt, and they immediately started giving him a hard time about it. Observing this, David and Travis decided to take a stand. They went home and purchased 50 pink shirts and handed them out at school the next day, encouraging everyone to take a stand against bullying. We're going to come back around to the political stuff, but I, I want to I want to do this I want to do this first while we've got it. So if you know me well, you know that there are very few things that make me really upset and would inspire me to violence, and they pretty much all fall under the heading of bullying. And I don't mean casual bullying. I don't mean name calling. I mean bullying that crosses that line. One of the things that we all, that a lot of us forget is that as social beings, we have a social structure. We have a social hierarchy. It is high, hardwired into our genetics. And we can be gentle about it, we can be aggressive about it, but it is there. It will always be there. Have a group of people, there will be a de facto leader, there will be someone at the bottom of the totem pole taking the abuse. It happens. It is part of humanity. 
It can be done in a friendly and loving way, or it can be done in a cruel way. There is a line that divides that, and it's, it's subjective. But most of us can agree on at least some of those things. The moment bullying becomes physical and violent, that's when I have a severe issue with it. There were things that happened with me in school, in high school, it was never violent. Because even though I got picked on for being in karate, nobody really wanted to test me because they weren't quite sure what was going to happen. Plenty of name calling, etc. I remember one day when somebody that I knew was picking on a friend of mine. When, God, he had, so, so there was this kid, Ryan, that I knew. Ryan was a punk. And this kid, Jeff, well, Ryan and I were in the same grade. Jeff was a year ahead of us. Jeff was a nerd like I was. Um, did, did karate for a little while, not long. And Jeff was up against the wall in the, the main lobby of the school. We had just come into school. Theoretically, there would be a teacher there. Nope, nothing. And Ryan had him, I don't know if he, I don't remember if he was pinned against the wall or if he was just kind of crowded against the wall. And I saw what was going on and I just walked up to him and I said, you can leave him alone. And that's all it took. We were all short. None of us were tall people. But just someone standing up for him. Now, Jeff could have stood up for himself, but he didn't. He wasn't, wasn't prepared for that. And I had other people stand up for me over the years. I stood up for others. And there's a part of me, and this shows up once in a while in martial arts radio. If you're a longtime listener to the show, you, you've heard this come up. Where people talk about bullying and, and, and we get on the subject and I tell a story or something and I realize I have not worked through all my anger on this. Because I didn't, I didn't have a chance to work through it then. And I'm not quite sure how to work through it as an adult. When I see people as bullies, and sadly we have them in the martial arts world, it really pisses me off. And this is part of why I talk about ego so much. Because ego and that whole, whole aspect of conversation leads to bullying. Unchecked ego creates bullying situations. Now, I fully understand that that kid in that story who was being the bully had some stuff going on. He wasn't being a bully just because it was something to do. He probably had troubles at home. Who knows what it was? But that doesn't make it okay. Now, social structure happens with animals. What happens when an animal step oversteps their bounds? The others will check them. And that's what we need to be better about doing. Our entire societal solution towards bullying, being about all this talking and everything, it's not going to work. It's never going to work. We are not hardwired for that to work. Ignoring our genetics and the things that make us animals living beings, we need to address that. We need to incorporate that. If a kid's picking on another kid, we need to permit the other kids to knock that kid back. 
And yeah, I mean physically. It's the only thing that's going to work. We allow things to happen in schools and give detentions and suspensions that would literally be assault in the real world, and that's utterly ridiculous. It doesn't train kids for anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that down for now because I feel myself getting really worked up. Stacey says, we have them in the workplace, yeah. Bullies exist everywhere, and the only way to solve a bully, truly solve a bullying problem is to give, is to show someone where the line is. All children want to know where the boundaries are. A bully is an unchecked child, an unchecked boundary issue. Jenny says, my last job had them in the management team. I spent so much time and energy dealing with bullies in higher positions. It was sad. I completely believe it. We're going to have it. It's going to be part of society and we need to learn how to navigate it. And trying to remove it from a child's life entirely is never going to work. And when they get out into the real world, it doesn't. they, they need to have the skills for navigating so coming back to politics then it says politics and business don't mix why do companies willingly alienate half of their potential customer base in today's political environment uh for financial gain because they take a look at who their um who their primary demographics are and they figure out what they have in common and they spend a lot of time the bigger the company the more time and money they spend on this and they make that call and then they make more money from it. 21 years owning my dojo and we allowed exactly zero political posters to be hung and three lost pet posters, two of whom at least I know we found. Oh, that's cool. Tommy says, as a retired lineman, bullies didn't last long in that field. I believe that. Bullies. Always piss me off. You can replay that in your head with a Cartman voice. Bullies piss me off. I'm actually shaking a little bit thinking about some of these stories. I don't have anything else to say. So, let's do this. Boom, ba doom. I'm dropping the poster for Friday. Or the post. Leave your Friday questions and comments here. Let's put a fun background behind it. How about balloons? Post. There you go, y'all. There's your link. In case you're new. John says. Oh, John. Hi, John. Whenever I introduce new chickens to my flock, there is always bullying. It's never the more dominant chickens at the top of the pecking order doing the bullying. It's the ones lower down that feel their spot in the pecking order is insecure that are the worst. Yes, they are trying to climb the social ladder by pushing people down. The people at the top, and you see this in, in just about every social structure, the people at the top know their spot is secure. They have, they have risen. If you look at 
It's a good example. Politics is not a good example. Pro sports maybe. I'm not coming up with a good example. When I've been on teams, I'm thinking back to being on teams like, like soccer and whatever. The captains of the soccer team in high school, their position was fine. They didn't bully anybody. They didn't need to. They were the best players. They were the best leaders. Everybody knew it. There was no question. There was nothing to be gained. Others picking on them or they pick them picking on others. But it was the ones that maybe were middle of the pack and wanted to feel like they were bigger deals than they were. Or, like John's saying, the ones really far down who saw an opportunity to not be bottom of the pecking order. And it's funny that that, that word is kind of institutionalized. Pecking order, let's talk about chickens. And they see an opportunity to climb up and stand on those shoulders. So they do some pecking. They push people down. I'm 42 years old. I've never been in anything that I would call a true fight. If I ever do get into a fight, there are only a handful of, of reasons it would happen but i think the most likely is that i see someone taking physical advantage of someone else bullying and i tell them to stop and they don't and my only hope at that point is that i am able to compartmentalize what i went through and not take it out on them that is actually a fear of mine. So, fingers crossed, people don't do that in front of me. Okay. I hope you all will go check out today's episode of Martial Arts Radio. There's a video version. If you are if you haven't done, most of you are used to doing the audio versions. If you haven't checked out the video version of the How to Fight episodes, uh, please do because we put a ton of work into them and they're far more fun. We use the videos to illustrate what we're talking about. Um, go to whistlekick.com, check out the two new shirts. Uh, one's really colorful, the other is not. Both relatively inexpensive. Use the code FIRSTCUP15. Uh, leave questions, comments, feedback for tomorrow's Friday episode on the Facebook page, I dropped the link. And uh, that's it. We ran long today. Thanks for getting into some good stuff. Frank, thank you for giving me a chance to talk about this. My, my heart rate will come back down soon. <laughs> and I hope you have a great day. I'm going to go be incredibly productive. Take care, everybody. Peace.